G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, it is Anzac Day. It is a day when we stop, we pause and we give attention to those diggers that gave their lives in the defence of our freedom. And when we reflect on Gallipoli, we recognize that there was something that happened on that day, the landing of our troops at Gallipoli, that helped to forge the character of our nation as we know it. Well, let's get some insights into what it is to be Australian on Anzac Day. Cole Stringer is joining us. Hello, Cole. Welcome along to 2020. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Look... Cole, you have written uh, so much about Anzacs. Uh, You've written books, a tribute to Fighting Mackenzie. You've written a number of books, The Anzac Spirit and The 800 Horsemen. You love the history and particularly the Christian history of Australia. When Anzac Day rolls around, what does it mean to reflect on not only the history of our military, but the fact that there is a Christian history associated with that? Look, um, one of the things that I love about it is that uh, it it can be summed up in the Anzac spirit. The four words that really sum up the Anzac spirit is courage, mateship, sacrifice, endurance. All of those things are biblical principles. But the thing I'm focusing focusing on this year is uh, mateship. It's uh, a biblical term. Jesus said in John 15, he says, Greater love has no man than this, and he laid down his life for his friends. What concerns me a bit, though, is that it's almost like a cliche today. It's, you know, borrowed by the politicians, by the media, till it doesn't really mean anything at all. But this was the code of the Anzacs, that you never left your mate. The theme or the motto of the Light Horse First World War was you never left a mate. So, you know, just starting to uh, look at that in a real practical sense. But uh, in, uh, when was it? In 2005... Uh, Westpac did a survey of a thousand people here and they asked them what would be the number one characteristic that sums up an Australian and overwhelmingly twice as much as the number two uh, people said mateship so well, you know, Cole, it's part of our character but it's also part of Anzac Cole you grew up and so did I uh, good friends in the schoolyard and after school and we called one another mates And uh, there is a sense it's become a part of the Australian vernacular. It's the common type of way that we relate to one another and it's the word we use when we describe our friends. Uh, Are you saying that we somehow or other need to revisit what it is that actually helped to define what a mate truly is? Well, in August 2005, a public servant in Federal Parliament House in Canberra sought to ban the term altogether after it had been addressed by security guards. And the public erupted in an uproar, spurred on by the Prime Minister at that time, John Howard. He said, it's absurd, it's un-Australian to try and ban the term mate. He says, I use it myself. The Sydney uh, Daily Telegraph responded, Australia was built on mateship, not sirship. The Age wrote, if it weren't so pathetic, it might be funny. 
But even Julia Gillard said, more than anything else, Australians are defined by mateship. And the whole world has marvelled at the spirit of mateship of Australians. We stick together because in tough times, that's what Aussies do. But I, I'm just sort of wondering, uh, this is me, I'm not saying necessary, but I'm wondering if we're fast losing that, you know, it, 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 uh, you know, the Lord talks about in the last days men will be lovers of themselves and uh, I, I sort of feel maybe we're we're losing that a little bit you know one of the predominant signs of the last days it's uh, you know like I'm talking about there but it says here that they'll be uh, betrayers of friends betrayers of that loyalty uh, you can't have a mateship friendship if it's not based on loyalty uh, I, I love the passage in James James chapter 2, where it says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, was accounted him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Now you think about that, Neil, the friend of God. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, we're sons and daughters, but that doesn't mean to say we're actually friends of God. But he was called a friend, a mate of God, because of his loyalty. He, he proved that, you know, when offering his son. Uh, I love what he says later on, you know, uh, when they're going to, he's thinking about wiping out Sodom and Gomorrah, but first of all he says, but shouldn't I first discuss this with my friend Abraham? Do <laughs> you think about that? I mean, this is God, hello? He says, but before I do it, I better chat it over with my mate first. I mean, <laughs> it's based on that loyalty, you know. Now you imagine, at the moment, you know, a lot of the, I believe anyway, the family is the cornerstone of society no relationship without trust, without loyalty. But the breakdown of the family, we've got suicide, we've got drugs, we've got domestic violence off the Richter scale. All of those, I think, go back to a breakdown of the family. And what's the main cause of a breakdown of the family? No relationship, no trust, no loyalty. So what can we learn from our Anzac forefathers? You can certainly learn something about mateship. They lay their lives down for each other. You know, I remember on Kokoda, my dad was in New Guinea, my mum's brother won the military cross on Kokoda. And what's happening, that one of the Ishurava, the battles, they've been shot up really badly. They out, they're outnumbered 10 to 1. You know, and so the battle starts, and those that are wounded, I think something like 30, 40 guys are going back. One's blind, one's got a limb blown off. But as soon as the fighting starts, they turn around, they go back again. And the doctor says, you, you, you can't do that. And they, and they say, no, you never leave a mate. And the doc says, well, what are you going to do? You're blind. He says, well, that doesn't matter. You don't leave, leave your friends. You know, and the Bible talks about, you know, a friend sticks closer than a brother, you know, times of adversity. So in those times of adversity is when we really learn our, loyal, our best friends. I don't know about you. You've got many, many acquaintances, but I don't really believe we'd probably have more than a handful of what we could call loyal friends. Interestingly, Cole, when we talk about mateship, and uh, some people might be thinking that, well, Aussie mateship is a little bit different uh, to the biblical sort of mateship that you're talking about, but it's not, is it? Because that verse, uh, which is common to the Australian version of mateship, uh, that originates in the Bible, uh, greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for his brother, means that our Australian definition of mateship really has a biblical foundation to it. It is purely a focus back to Jesus Christ. Do you think people really realize the connection there? Well, 
I mean, follow that on. We're talking about that. And Jesus goes on in the next verse 14. He says, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you. That command is to love one another for a start. So, you know, and it is based. We'll think about David and Jonathan. I mean, here you've got the heir to the throne, Jonathan, and you've got a bloke that stinks a sheep dip like David, hello, but they become lifelong friends, you know, even to the loyalty that Jonathan shows David even over his father. And later on, you know, Jonathan's killed in combat. David becomes king and he says, is there anybody left of the household of Saul that I might show kindness to? Yeah, so they bring in Mephibosheth, you know, and he's from Lodibar. They bring him in. He doesn't like David anyway because he blames David for his being crippled. And David says, I'll restore your, your, your money, your finances, your lands, and you'll put your feet under my table and eat there for the rest of your life. He says, not because of who you are, but because of my love for your father, Jonathan. So mateship even goes beyond the grave. I mean, you know, again, just going back, think about that statement, though. God says he calls Abraham a friend. And, and uh, you know, so even the Lord, I believe, you know, uh, it talks about mateship, friendship. He calls Abraham his friend. And that's all based on loyalty, on trust. You, you can't have a friend. You can't have any sort of relationship with somebody you don't trust. We're talking with Cole Stringer, who's written a series of books all about the Anzacs, one of those called The Anzac Spirit. He wrote The 800 Horsemen. We're getting reflections on Anzac Day about some of those things which are very important. One of the focuses Cole has today is this issue of mateship. Uh, stay with us, Cole Stringer. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Well, on another Anzac Day, good to get a focus on some of those meanings of what we often take for granted. And so talking through issues of mateship with Cole Stringer. Cole Stringer, who's the author of a number of books all about Anzac Day, a passion for Australian history and particularly Australian Christian history. Uh, this word mateship, Cole, uh, we've lost some uh, level of uh, definition there because when we were discussing in the last segment talking about mateship coming from a biblical foundation, is it something that we perhaps need to pay a little extra attention to to bring back the definition into the Australian culture? I think, if I can be honest, uh, um, politically, and uh, not politically correct, I think we more than need to really just look at it. I, I think that really it's perhaps, uh, you know, sorely needed again. I saw T.D. Jakes, the great Bishop T.D. Jakes, interviewed by Brian Houston, you know, from Hillsong yep. a few years ago, and he says to the bishop, what would you like to be remembered for, you know? I mean, he has meetings of 50,000 people. What would you like to be remembered for? Biggest meetings, greatest preacher. And T.D. on the video, he says, I'd like to be remembered as a loyal, loyal friend in a time of a relationship deficits. So that's, that's our nation. Our nation may not be under threat of invasion by an army, but it's under threat. You know, breakdown of the home, the family, drugs, uh, you know, domestic violence off the Richter scale, suicide. Their number one cause of death of our young people is suicide. And I, I believe a lot of it comes back to the breakdown of the home, the family, but there's no, who do you trust? I mean, how can you have a relationship, you know, with your iPhone? And so, again, I think it comes back to that, again, uh, the mateship, you know. Gen Gen in Genesis chapter 4, 
you know, he says, am I my, my brother's keeper? Well, yes, you are. You are your brother's keeper. So it, it comes back again, as I say, I think, to the genuine mainship. It's essential, I believe, for survival in these last days for that genuine mateship, not not just friends. As I said uh, when we chatted before, you know, we have lots of associates, but if you have more than five loyal friends, you're doing really well. I'm talking in a lifetime. And uh, my, my, my dad, you know, my mum and dad were married to each other for 72 years. And I learned a lot more about, you know, mateship, genuine mateship from my parents than I actually learned from the church. And uh, my dad didn't like boozing he didn't like anzac day but he never missed it because he would always catch up with his friends his mates and those mates were loyal to each other for over 70 years if they needed money if they needed help whatever it was they came to each other's aid i mean i'm not shooting but wouldn't it be good if we had that in the church that same degree in the church you know laying down your life i mean paul talks about friendships he talks about in timothy he said he talks about everybody's deserted me everybody's left me he says but then he talks about anisiphorus who is this anisiphorus character I've never heard of him before you get to heaven how come your name's in the bible i mean it's going to be there forever did you preach sing tap dance what did you do he says no i was a loyal friend to paul i possibly kept paul in the ministry it talks about he would come all the way from from ephesus to rome now imagine that journey in an old ship and Paul says he was not ashamed of my chain. He visited me in prison. And he says the many ways that he refreshed me, built me up. I mean, that's genuine friendship. Sought him out. He talks about, you know, Epidite, these guys. And he says, hold such men in high esteem. Talks about everybody else has left me. In Second Timothy, he actually says there about Alexander the coppersmith. Just trying to remember the verse in Second Timothy. He talks about Alexander the coppersmith. He says, he's done me much harm. And he says, you know, mark those sort of people. And he says, everybody else has left me. Now, I'm thinking about this. Do you think maybe we have too many Alexanders the coppersmiths in the church and not enough Anisipuruses? Well, on Anzac Day, Cole, we reflect on uh, those diggers, uh, perhaps those ones who went ashore at Gallipoli and others will be remembering those who died on the battlefields in France and Belgium, uh, those important battles. There's a sense, isn't there, that if we talk about mateship, that mateship which characterises us as Australians uh, was formed in Hard times. Uh, there were difficult times. Resilience needed to uh, to to be the thing that uh, that marked Australians too. Uh, do you think that, given that we've had sometimes fairly relatively easy times, we might be losing sight of uh, these uh, this essence of mateship because of the ease of life in the twenty first century for us? I, I actually think it's more on selfishness, purely just selfish, you know, self centeredness because that's what the Lord says will be the predominant sign of the last days. But if you look at people even like uh, um, Robert Smith, Ben Robert Smith, that won the Victoria Cross, he talks about, not because of himself, he says, but I thought my mates were under, uh, in danger. A few years ago, I actually had breakfast with the SAS, just awesome, you know. We went and gave them about 600 books, and we got a chance to meet them, Margaret Court and myself. So I asked the commander, I said, you know, I understand certain qualifications, but what do you look for in these young blokes? He said, well, naturally, they've got to have certain educational qualifications, physical qualifications, but after that, he said, we look for the Anzac spirit. 
He said, these men have to be able to rely on each other. He says, it's based on that loyalty. You've got to know that that man is watching your back. And he says, the problem with the generation today, they're very well educated, but very individualistic. And he said, we can't use those people, sort of people because he said they'll get themselves killed and somebody else killed. What he was talking about was people with a team spirit, that Anzac spirit, lay down your life for your friend. He, he was just saying, you have to be absolutely sure that that man, if he's going to watch your back, he's going to watch your back. Now, you imagine if we had that in the ministry, in the church. Uh, you know, when I pastored, I probably had 100 military guys in my church, both here in the United States. And I used to talk to them. I've not had one. I'm not criticised. I'm just observing. I never had one say, I found the same level of, of mateship in the church I found in the military. They said, we lay our lives down on the line for each other. You know, Weary Dunlop, Second World War. If you remember the story, Japanese invading Singapore and they're bayoneting the men in their beds in the hospital. So Weary Dunlop steps in front of them. He says, before you kill them, you're going to have to kill me. And he says, but what are you going to say to your officers when you kill the only doctor that's capable even of, of saving your lives? He saved those young guys' lives by putting his life on the line. Cole, when we reflect on this level of Anzac mateship and you say it just isn't there in the same strength as it needs to be in the Christian church, you talk to a lot of Christian groups around the nation and uh, you, I guess you bring this message from time to time. Uh, what is the, what's the essence of mateship that needs to be reborn in church life? I just sort of think, you know, if we could just get away from the competitiveness, you know, that we could actually really, you know, lay our lives down on the line. Uh, I remember Margaret Courtier, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing, she said, you know, when she was on in the tennis circuit, she said, we actually used to help each other. She said, if I saw somebody that had a problem with backhand or forehand, I'd help them. She said, I have never found that level, uh, you know, in the church, it, it, she said, actually said, the competitiveness in the church exceeds what she knew in, in, in you know, professional tennis. I'm thinking that, you know, people probably think I'm just criticising. I'm not. I love my country. I love my nation, love the church. But you have to identify a problem before you can deal with it. And I think that one of the major reasons we see this huge breakdown in our nation is simply because a lot of the young ones and even the older ones just don't have a, a close friend, a mate. You know, die lonely lives, lonely, you know, build walls up and just live, lon live lonely lives. How do, you over how do you overcome that issue of self-centeredness? And uh, as you say, you need to get a mate and, and perhaps uh, get a definition of what mates do. Uh, but is there any other way that you can focus on an overcoming of uh, this uh, lack of mateship within churches? Loyalty. First of all, I think just straight out loyalty. As I say, you can't have a relationship with someone you don't trust. So that's what I'd, I'd say anyway. Like my mum and dad married to each other for 72 years. They were only Christians the last 10 years of their life. But the, ba the basis of their marriage, the family, was just loyalty. So I sort of think, you know, when we come back, just loyalty, loyalty to the pastor, you know, loyalty, even just straight loyalty to the Lord. That's why God called Abraham his friend. Is that right? He says that he's a friend of God. I still, uh, that amazes me when I read that. In Hebrews where it says that Abraham was a friend of God. Why? Because he proved his loyalty.
he offered his son up. And, and so, where there's loyalty, there's some level of longevity. And when you talk about, you know, your parents being married for more than seven decades, there is a sense, isn't there, that on special days like this, Anzac Day, when you've got loyalty, when you've got mateship, you've got things to reflect on together. A lot of uh, men will be standing around the bar today and they'll be enjoying a drink together and they'll be remembering the stories of the past. Uh, you've got to have that loyalty. You've got to be planted. You've got to have a longevity in there so that those things can be remembered on special days like today. Yeah, and like I say, they learn it in the military. So why not learn it in the church? Maybe we just need more, you know, just more messages on loyalty. You know, uh, your word is your bond. If you give your word, you know, it should be your intention to at least keep it. I know we're all going to miss it, but at least... I I remember talking to this old light horseman. I I used to own a gun shop in Darwin. This old fellow used to come in here on a cattle station as big as some European countries, but couldn't read or write. And so I said, look, I, I... I said, I'm not being smart. I really admire you. Can I take you out for a cup of coffee and just have a chat? So we went out. I said, how do you do business? I said, you can't even read or write. Your wife signs the checks. He said, I was raised to do business on a handshake. He says, you know, your word was your bond. Now, that man's not even a Christian. He says, when I give my word, I intend to keep my word. He says, it's cost me a lot of money. He said, I've shaken hands on deals and it's cost me lots. He said... But today you can have a signature on a contract that doesn't mean anything. They'll just get a lawyer to get them out of it. And I'm thought, see, again, we're coming back. What can we learn from our Anzac forefathers? That's the question I'm asking. We can learn something about courage, but we can certainly learn something about mateship. Uh, let it may me bring... really cost you. It, 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 your mateship, friendship is going to cost you. It may cost you money. It may cost you time. It's certainly going to cost you loyalty. Let me bring you back to that verse which links Anzac Australian mateship to the Scriptures. Greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. Uh, today, Cole, uh, Anzac Day, uh, how do you uh, make that an internal commitment of your own life uh, to have this love? How do you think that uh, people listening to our conversation now uh, might take the sorts of things that you're saying and apply that to lives? Um, well, as I say, I think it's just got to be, first of all, a decision of the heart. You have to make a decision, like the same as for the marriage or anything else. You know, when you come before the man of God and you said, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? You don't say, I'll give it a thought for a while, mate. You get a bunch of fives up to Hooter. You're supposed to say, I do. And so from then on, it should be the intention of your heart. The same, you know, a covenant relationship with friends, with pastors. And it may not even be the same denomination. I'm friends, you know, with with people in other denominations because I believe God has hooked their heart up like David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan made a covenant with each other. Now, hey, think about that covenant, you know, that they would be loyal to each other, not betray each other. And that's in the Bible. And I know sometimes, you know, we talk about marriage, and that's great, that should be the ultimate, but just friends, you know, laying our lives down for each other, covenant, you know, can I trust you? Will you ask yourself this, Neil? Uh, could you have a, a friendship, a relationship with someone you didn't trust? Uh, no, that's, didn't it's trust impossible, you. isn't it? You've got to develop trust, and that yep. trust then uh, gives birth to the loyalty, I guess. Well, you know, trust someone with your wife, trust someone with your money, trust someone with your kids. So anyway, I, all I'm saying is on this day... 
what can we learn from our Anzac forefathers? And no, we're not glorifying war, as some people think. The only man Jesus ever commended on his faith was a Roman army officer. Now, if that's wrong, he said, I haven't found faith in Israel like this man. If that's wrong, if we shouldn't do that, then Jesus should have ticked him off big time. But he didn't. He holds him up as an example. That example, again, I think is loyalty, trustworthy. See, these are words, I don't mean to be smart, these are words that really are dinosaurs today. They don't mean anything. Yeah, we've got to get back and redefine some of those words. And as you say, and rightly too, and uh, it's obvious when you certainly get down below scratching the surface that these words are defined right back through into our Australian history, but connected right back to the Bible, to the words of Jesus. Uh, Cole Stringer, great getting your insights again and on a special day, on Anzac Day. Uh, tremendous to be talking to you about mateship and uh, I know you'll be reflecting through the day on uh, those issues with your own family and I just certainly appreciate you taking some time to talk to us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Have a good day. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.